Hi guys, welcome back. Here we are again with our newest episode. Yeah, we had to we had a little debate on what number this is because our bonus episode, like are we ta- are we counting it? Are we not? Like who knows? So we're si- we're like it's episode eleven slash episode twelve slash whatever other episode you want to call it. But we're back. We took a week off last week. But again, I feel like it wasn't like out of any sort of laziness or anything. I just feel like there was nothing really to talk about. Whereas this week we've had we have lots to talk about. Exactly. Like, guys, it was a slow news week last week. So we were saying before that we don't want to be boring you with anything trivial. So that's just not what we're going to do. But we haven't had any complaints, to be honest, which is great, because I know you guys miss us when we're not there. But we prefer to deliver on good quality content. And I feel you guys appreciate that. Yeah. And I think just as for us as people, Laura, I think I'd rather us have a fairly solid, like lean output as opposed to just throwing like lots of stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks, like sticks like I feel like I'm much more comfortable with us actually talking about stuff that we both want to talk about and that people want to hear us talk about as opposed to just anything and everything that happens on a weekly basis because the world is busy like if we wanted to make a story out of something we could but I just don't think that's really our vibe isn't that the truth Al what I find quite funny there just picking up on what you said that we um talk about what we think you guys like to hear and what we want to talk about so just going off that what we want to talk about so Alex and I we we put some time into choosing the topics for you guys what we think will be you know good for you guys to listen to what we actually want to discuss and so I find our first topic quite funny because I don't know how I feel about the first topic Alex just delve in for me just just go for it but are we honest are we doing the same first topic Oh my god, yes we are. Is it Love Island? Yeah. Oh my god, why is, you, why is there any trepidation? It is literally the most on... Well, actually, no. I feel like it's quite off-brand for me to watch something like that. Like, I used to <laughs> like reality shows, but like now I'm like, ah! It's just, for whatever reason, Love Island is sort of the perfect amount of reality TV for me. It's like, you know, it's it's on in the summer. It's You watch all these beautiful people in the sun. There's romance, there's sex, there's fucking fighting, there's drama, there's tears. It's like everything's involved. It's all anyone talks about. It's all over Twitter. The hashtag, it trends every day. It's on every day. Like, oh, I get obsessed with it. Having said that, my sort of excitement for this season has been kind of like fairly lukewarm just because I think I've only watched it since season three, I think it was. Anyway, two years ago. So the year where you had like Liv and Chris and Cam and... Amber and all on it. That was the year I first watched it. I think unanimously that's pretty much the best season. I then think last summer was kind of like, it was good, it was still enjoyable, but it wasn't as like balls to the wall great as the previous year. So this year I'm kind of coming in with a very like, you know, chilled expectation, but still we're only two days in and I'm already like can't wait to see it like tonight's episode. So basically for anyone who doesn't know, Love Island they basically just chuck it's usually around like six. So six girls, six boys, and they each have to couple up. And if you're not in a couple, you can get eliminated. And then there's all this drama. People take other people's girls and other people's boys. And yeah, it's just kind of lit. And it's super, super kind of local. It's a very local TV show, like very local. But you know, we all have a bit local in us. Like every single one of us has a bit of local in us. What do you mean by local? Like local. Like it's a real local fave. Like all the locals love it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there's no real, like I don't know how to explain it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's just like something that like everyone just likes and it's real. It's kind of basic. It's not like you're not like talking about this like really like highbrow TV show. Like it's super lowbrow and local. Like it's just local. Like, (laughs) okay. Interesting. I've never used local. Like I've never heard it so much in one sentence before, but okay. An interesting take on the word local. Yeah, I know. 
so I promised a friend that so I've never watched Love Island before I've obviously known what it's about and stuff my issue is not that I don't want to watch it I just sadly have the issue with reality TV especially when it's on every night I find it so hard to keep up I don't have time to watch that many episodes like for instance Celebrity um, I'm a Celeb Get Me Out of Here used to be one of my favourite shows but I can't commit to watching something every night so I wasn't able to do Love Island before. So then the first year came out and I was like, and then it was too late when I realized what was happening. It was like two weeks later. And I was like, oh God. And then last year was happening. And then I was like, do I actually want to watch this? And I didn't. So I promised a friend who's obsessed with it. She was like, please just watch it once. And then if you can't like commit, then just like watch the Fridays when they do the elimination. And I was like, okay, interesting. I still haven't watched it because I haven't been able to the past two nights. But like I feel it would be my vibe, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't know what to take on it. Like, like, Al, what, what drew you in? Why are you watching it? Oh, why am I watching it? I think for me, it stemmed from the fact that everyone around me was talking about it, and I wanted to be involved. And then I watched a couple of episodes, and it just sunk its teeth into me, and I couldn't help but be invested into it because that's what happens when you start watching. Like, these are real people. So when you start watching them every single day, you do become attached and you get, like, invested in their, like, their reality. So you kind of want to see what happens. Now, I totally understand what you're saying. It is a lot to keep up with. Um, It's, like, an everyday thing. But you don't have to watch it live. You can watch it, like, the next morning, like, whatever. And then they do, like, a recap. Every Saturday night is, like, a recap of the last week. So even if you don't have the time to watch it every night, you can still watch it on the Saturday. And then Sunday is usually Elimination Day, I think. Um, so you kind of can keep up with it that way but I just something about it I think it's like look the girls are all very attractive on it um, it's sunny it's glamorous it's very well shot it's a very very well made TV show and just because it's a reality TV show I think sometimes people disregard them for any type of you know like the production of those shows are kind of just less so because it's a reality TV show but this show is very well made it's similar vibe to Made in Chelsea I always think Made in Chelsea if you ever watch an episode of Made in Chelsea it is gorgeous it's well shot the soundtrack is amazing like it's a really really well-made tv show despite the fact that it's a reality tv show among yeah i i think people people do kind of dismiss it i think a little bit but it genuinely i think it's a very well-made tv show and you, you can't it's not cheap it's not in any way sort of half-assed it's very committed to what it is and it knows what it is and it knows what it does well i love caroline flack i think caroline flack is very much you know, one of the other reasons why I would watch it. But, um, yeah. Okay, so I know that people, like, pair up, couple up, whatever, to win at the end, etc. Do you have predictions already? Because obviously, like, people are, like, pairing up now, I imagine. Do you have predictions as to who you think might win or who do you think might last or who you think might, like, stab someone in the back? Like, what, what's your in and out for the moment? Um, I think it is probably why, like, across the board, a little bit too early for stuff like that because it has literally been you get the first episode is when they all come into the villa and you know there's no real actual like meat there it's just kind of you introduce each other they couple up initially blah 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 those couples very rarely last because it's just whoever steps forward you pick someone or whatever it's not you know and it's an even number so there's no one left out so eventually you get an uneven number so then one person is left out and whoever doesn't get coupled up with has to leave the island but I think it's too early for predictions like that the one thing I think we can maybe talk about really quickly is there is of course an Irish representative Yawande, she's from Mead somewhere. She's super cute. She's good looking. She's really, really nice, I think is the word I've seen on Twitter. Like she's not necessarily 
personality or at least her personality hasn't come out yet but she seems like a really down-to-earth friendly girl and I think Ireland in general we're all like really excited to see how she comes across and how she performs and hopefully she would be the one that I would be a little bit worried about because she is very quiet and not particularly flirty or sexy or any of those things and sometimes people like that just get chomped up and thrown out really quickly because it is a game of love and sometimes you have to just throw yourself into it and just allow yourself to feel something and I think maybe until that wall comes down I would be a little bit worried about her but over the first two episodes she came across really well and I'm just excited to see where it all unfolds you know it's going to go on for the next two months so we've plenty of space to grow and there's going to be new people and people are going to leave and come back so I'm just excited okay interesting well in that case because she sounds like an underdog I'm staying positive for her and I hope that she like at least like get some screen time for a while at least before anything happens. What did you say her name is? Yawande. So it's like Y-E-W-A-N-D-E. I love that because originally I thought you said like year one and then... Because... Yes, that's been a joke. Yeah, yeah. it's very Irish. Yawande. Super. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. It is such an Irish thing. Bless her heart. But yeah. look, fab name. Fab little joke to be made. Oh, I think, no, good, good luck to her. Because sure, look, why not? Because as you said, like big personalities, lots of flirting, lots of sex appeal in these type of shows because like that's how you win. That's how you get paired off. Like that's just like any night out. You know what I mean? Like if you want to get your bit, like you're the one that's kind of throwing yourself out there a little bit. So I'm kind of like, good woman, like get out there, show off your personality and I'm sure you're on the show for a reason. So yeah, I'm, I'm backing her. Yeah, I think I'm going to tentatively back her too. Just the Irish thing alone is enough for me to be like, right, okay, let's go you one day. Like I'm ready to, to stand, but I haven't seen anything yet there, but yeah, hopefully we do. Right. So I suppose now we'll discuss my favorite topic of conversation and no guys, I do not mean Shawn Mendes. A few. Okay. Shots fired. We're gonna I wasn't ready that. for that. I, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared for the fighting anymore. Oh, no, we I can't don't do, do it anymore. Al, we love each other too much. I don't want to do it anymore. No, exactly. Please. We're too good for this. <laughs> okay so guys my ironic and not in any way serious favorite topic here is mr donald trump yeah 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 he is of course coming over to ireland upon this time of recording he has not yet arrived but by the time you guys are listening to it he would have been and he'd still be here right laura he leaves saturday i think is it something, something? like that he's staying yeah. longer than i want him to anyway yeah too long but um we just like you know i think this podcast Yes, okay, pop culture is our kind of, if we had to put ourselves into a niche, that is definitely where we reside. But sometimes I think pop culture and politics cross over and Donald Trump, for all his fucking annoyance and, oh, I, you know, I think everyone knows how I feel about him, but for all of those things, he does create a storm and he is newsworthy, unfortunately. And we would be kind of crazy just to ignore it. Although sometimes that can be a play. Sometimes the play is to ignore someone like Trump, but I tend to fall on the side of, I'd rather discuss it and let's be open about it and let's be straightforward about it as opposed to just kind of ignoring it. Now, there are times when you do need to decide, okay, when he says something ridiculous about Joe Biden, you just, sometimes you just have to ignore that and be like, he's a fool and let's not give this man any more unnecessary airtime, which I think me and Laura have kind of decided to do with the podcast in that, like we could almost talk about Trump every second week, but that's not what we want to do for both the podcast and also to give someone like Donald Trump the satisfaction of like you know people talking about him I just even that little spiteful aspect of my personality comes out I don't want to do that but I think he's coming to our country it's controversial we should talk about it yes exactly so for anyone who doesn't know basically 
He was in the UK there the past three days because it's the 75th anniversary since the launch for D-Day. Um, so he went over, he met with the Queen, he met with Theresa May, Angela Merkel, Trudeau came over from Canada, oh, Macron came over from France. So there was like, there was a fair few big wigs thrown into the mix. They were down in Portsmouth, which was like the massive launch site for, oh, what were they called? Like the amphibious boats, whatever they were called, that would then have sailed over to France. So it was a big deal. They met the veterans that are still alive, who are in their 90s. So it was a, a lovely tribute to, you know, what was happening 90 years ago and everything like that. And so for some reason, then Leo Bradker has decided that he wanted to invite Trump over to Ireland and that they'd all hang out and be best buds and whatever. So Trump is flying into Shannon Airport and he is going to be meeting with Leo and they're apparently going to be discussing stuff like Brexit, the E3 visa, um, the US's support for North Northern Ireland. So like they're just going to have like, I don't know, like a little tete-a-tete raid politics and whatever nonsense. And then Trump is going to Claire for two days to his hotel slash golf resort to just hang out with Melania for a couple of days. Oh, I don't know how to feel about the whole situation. Yeah, I actually kind of have a similar reaction to it. I think it'd be different if he was coming to Dublin and he was like, you know, publicly out there. I the vibe now, like I said, listeners, we are recording this before the actual business, so we don't know what's going to happen or how public or how private this is going to be. But at least until then, it's coming across less like a state visit and more like almost like an afterthought. And so that's maybe why I haven't the same kind of guttural reaction to it that I would if it was announced like that he was coming to Dublin and was going to do a speech at College Green or whatever, then I think we would all be a lot more animated. But the fact that he's saying kind of outside the pale and kind of moving around out there and the sticks, as I would call them, I think helps. Look, I'm not against him coming here, but that doesn't mean that I'm not against his politics. But I think at the end of the day, unfortunately, the American people decided that this is who they wanted to represent their country and we need to deal with that country. So we need to deal with Donald Trump. I think it's an unrealistic expectation to, for us to have zero interaction with the man. And I think also, you know, sometimes it's someone like him. It's also, you know, you, you take him out of his comfort zone, you take him out of Washington, you bring him over to somewhere like Ireland, you kind of get him out of his home territory. Sometimes that can help with dealing with people like him, where he maybe feels a little bit more vulnerable and a, bit, a little bit more isolated from his core kind of fan base but yeah i think we i don't know like look we'll see what happens and i'm sure we'll update you all next week if anything major happens on his visit here but i just think i'm open to him coming here but that doesn't mean that i'm accepting accepting of his politics or in any way approve his message or want him to be afforded a stage in which he could stand up and you know spout his usual bullshit from yeah see that's the thing because I'm the exact same in terms of I do not in any way endorse the man. I do not support his message. I don't support his politics. I will forever be mad by the fact that he is the president of the United States. However, there's literally nothing I can do in the grand scheme of things by giving out by the fact that he's in the country. Am I happy about it? No, but that's more just me being petty because I don't want him to enjoy like the Irish hospitality that we're famous for. I don't want him enjoying our beautiful West Coast. I'm being selfish. I don't like the man. So the idea of him being here and enjoying anything that this country has to offer annoys me but I have to get over myself because it's not about me I will say I am very happy about the fact though that he is flying to Shannon 
and just having all of his dealings outside of Dublin. Because if the city got shut down for him, then I would be so pissy. Because now I had no problem when the Queen came over, because to be honest, like, yes, there are issues relating to the royal family, particularly when it comes to like Irish politics and our history, etc., etc. Don't particularly have anything against that woman herself. But that can be, we can discuss that on a different day. I then even went to see Barack Obama speak at College Green years ago. I had, have a, still do have a lot of respect for that man. But if it was Trump, like, well, first of all, it would genuinely just turn into a shit show because it would just be protested. The idea of him shutting down the center of Dublin City for a talk that so many people would not actually want to attend. Of course, there are going to be a few people that actually do support his politics and do admire him. But it's not going to be on the scale that it would have been for Obama. It's not going to be out of the interest that it was for the Queen. I think it'd be more kind of, I think people would kind of look at it more as like a kind of a, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like a kind of a bit of like a circus show. Like they're kind of going for that type of entertainment value, being like, oh, what's going to happen here? So I'm glad that we avoided that much at least and that he's keeping all of his dealings to the West. Yeah, I think like, look, Trump is by design almost, a divisive character. So the idea that he would be able to shut down our city and, you know, do a speech or whatever and it be well-received is, I think, foolish. And I also think it's probably something that they've thought about themselves and recognise that it's probably just not... How does it benefit anyone? Having said that, though, I've recently been made aware that apparently Trump's cabinet in Washington is one of the most Irish cabinets that has ever been in Washington. And that scares me a little bit. Yeah, it does. Uh, I hadn't realised that either, to be honest. So that is not only scary, but it's just also so ironic when you just see all of his policies relating to like immigration and emigration and his issues with having anyone that he doesn't regard to be like a true American. And then you look at how many people of like Irish heritage then that's on the cabinet. That's kind of hilarious. It's just kind of like, oh, God, pick your pick your battles, sir. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, like... Sure, look, I'm kind of hoping that maybe, maybe, this is probably foolish of me, but I'm kind of like, maybe they're having that many people for me, like, well, who are of Irish, who have, like, Irish lineage and stuff like that, that maybe they're trying to talk some sense into what's happening then in Washington. I don't know. I'm being foolishly naive, just trying to be hopeful here. But, yeah, that's not a happy piece of news to hear, to be honest. Yeah, it's definitely not. And when I heard it, I was kind of shocked. But then also, like, we have bigots here we have ignorant people here we have centralists we have you know conservatives we have democrats we, like under different names so we all have we have the same sort of political structures and sort of factions that he has in america it's just that we as a country are aligning ourselves much more with a leftist political view and donald trump hates the left so Look, I guess I'm happy that he at least has the self-awareness enough not to come over here and shut down the city and try and have a talk because it, there would be riots. There'd, there'd be eggs thrown. There'd be all the stuff, you know, that we don't want because he brings out the worst in people. Barack Obama, I think, pride, prided himself. Is prided a word? I don't know. But he... No, what is the word? Yeah, prided himself. Yeah, sure. Prided himself on bringing out the best in people and appealing to the best nature in people. Donald Trump does not do that. He appeals to the worst of people and the worst of humanity so you know no you're not coming and having a speech and at least and also i like i know maybe some people are a bit annoyed that leo even extended that invitation but maybe he extended the invitation with 
and on the premise that you will not be going to Dublin and you won't be, you know, having this public speech and blah, blah, blah. It's going to be this. It's going to be me and you. It's, you know, and then it becomes a much more astute move politically by Vradkar to be, to have him over, but to take away the public element of it is a smart and also probably, or, you know, I mean, hopefully successful move. I have to give it to him. It, whether it was him or an advisor or whatever, it was definitely a smart move not having any form of meeting or public event in Dublin. So kudos for that, at least. Yes, well done, Leo. We'll give you that. So now we are going to jump back out of the world of politics and straight back into the world of pop culture. Miley Cyrus released a surprise EP last Friday. Actually, Friday was a kind of a crazy day for music in general. We had lots of releases, but we're going to really dissect Miley's album. Just Well, it's not an album, it's an EP, like I said. It's six tracks long, just because I think, you know, it's a bit of a moment. Oh, I yeah. So, sorry. So many feelings, guys. Can't get my words together. For a long, 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 long time, I was not a Miley fan. I, her music just, it wasn't for me. Um, I didn't think it suited her voice. There was many things to do. Like, I wasn't big on her image. I was probably just being a bit harsh and everything. But her most recent album that she then released in, was it 2017, 2018? She really started to hone in on her country roots in that. And it was a bit of country, a bit of rock, a bit of pop. And oh my God, that woman made one of my favorite albums of the past I'd say like well I'd say definitely that that year it was in my top three it was unreal her voice is so good that it does that she doesn't get credit for it because the fact that she didn't for a long time sing to really emphasize just how much of a great singer she is so I was so excited for this EP and I'm really looking forward to dissecting it so Al out of the six how many did you like how many did you not like what's the sus I actually pretty much liked every single one on the EP. I've heard she has a song with RuPaul called Catitude and that's the one that like Twitter and all my like music performance are kind of dissecting and saying is trash but even I like I enjoyed it for what it is it's very camp it's very sort of it's very RuPaul if you've ever heard RuPaul's music it's very that but I mean what were we expecting with like because Miley has slightly annoying tendencies I'll be honest to like my trajectory with Miley is that when she was Hannah Montana look I did not have Disney Channel as a child so I didn't see a lot of Hannah Montana. I, I was aware of it or, and I knew who she was, but I wasn't like a fan. And then she released Can't Be Tamed. And I just remember thinking that, oh my God, this this is like really cool. And I remember actually I was over in Spain at the time and I had to like use McDonald's free Wi-Fi for me to buy the <laughs> album on iTunes and download it because I just wanted to listen to it so badly. And that's years ago. Like, that was my first kind of initial, okay, this girl is like, I like this. Um, and then she had the whole bangers era. And if I'm honest, like she was everywhere. But musically for me, it didn't do a lot. I liked Wrecking Ball, but it wasn't wasn't my favorite song or anything like that. It, it was far from it. And as an album, it wasn't really my vibe at the time. This EP, I think, does a really good job of kind of mixing all those elements of her into a package that I find more appealing. So for me, Younger Now, which is the album that you're talking about, I didn't really like it that much. I don't even remember listening to it, if I'm honest. I remember liking Younger Now, the song, and I liked Malibu, the song. 
but it whatever for whatever reason it didn't grab me enough i think i, I would have definitely listened to it but it didn't grab me at all for me that sort of country element to her voice which i think is ingrained in her just naturally is what makes her voice so special she does have a great voice but the sort of it was a bit see i think again without sounding whatever it kind of veered maybe more into your musical stylings than mine anyway that kind of guitar led kind of natural sounding stuff is more like an organic sense like it is much more organic music than say something like bangers Whereas I feel like this EP, which of course she is coming to, I, I don't know if we've even mentioned the name, but it's called She Is Coming. And I think kind of takes elements of all those albums and makes them into a package of like a Miley package that I can really like. I think her voice here sounds, she sounds great on every single song. She's not over singing. She's not screaming because I think she can veer into kind of like ghost territory a little bit sometimes where she just kind of like warbles and like really <laughs> screams the house down. And there's no like, or at least not initially, there wasn't anything that I was like, Miley, like, calm it down. Like, stop. Like, you know, I think it's much more, I think it's really well produced. She's working again with Mike Will Made It, who did Bangers. So there's elements of Bangers in there. I then think her vocally, she's coming from a kind of younger now area where it's not as processed and it's more just her singing. And then I also think she's kind of doing an understated vibe where she doesn't have to stand up and shout and scream to be heard. She's just like hitting the notes well. And yeah, I'm super impressed. I think my favorite song on there is probably like Mother's Daughter, which is kind of the single that they're kind of thinking about pushing. I think it's pretty great. The most I think is gorgeous. The most is as a song that I've been waiting since Adore You for Miley Cyrus release. And I love it. I think it's really lush and I, it's gorgeous. So there will be my top two. I like, I, but like I said, I do kind of like the entire EP as a package. The plan for her now is to release two more EPs, which we're all thinking is going to come within, say, the next uh, three months. So yeah, overall, really happy with it. And I'm just, it's made me excited. And also it's been interesting for me for the first time in the longest time. I'm on board with Miley. I'm kind of rooting for her a little bit. And I think the internet in general is on a similar wavelength that we, I think we all want her to do well. Yes. So interesting. I'm going to pick up on a couple of things we were saying there. So I suppose the reason why I'm surprised that Younger Now wasn't really your vibe is because I'm getting a lot of a Casey Musgraves kind of sense to it. Because it's kind of... Like you're saying, like more organic notes, more organic tones, like more organic music. Um, but I suppose you're right. That is kind of more the vibe that I would go for. So I think that this EP is probably actually a happy marriage of what the two of us would look for in music. And like she's marrying that together. And I think that's really smart because it's a way of tying in such a huge demographic then for your audience, which is great. So my faves then, the most is a beautiful song. The lyrics, fabulous. And I think vocally it's the best one on the EP. I have a lot of love for that song. I love Unholy. I think Unholy is like a bop. I really like the lyrics as well. I think she's like identifying kind of everyone has always painted her as like this problematic child. That's like then gotten into like drinking drugs and went off the beaten track. And she's like, no, like you think I'm unholy for these things, but everyone's unholy. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's the message. Great woman for, for that. Mother's Daughter. It is. I can see why they're pushing that as the single from the EP. However, I'm kind of getting a Katy Perry vibe from it, though. There's, what was that song that Katy Perry did? What's the song that goes like, um, you know, songs like Turn It Up, It's Your Favourite Song, Dance, Dance, Dance. Turn it up, it's a favorite yeah. song. Yes. <laughs> change to the rhythm. Don't you dare drag change to the rhythm. No, 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 I'm not dragging at all. But I'm getting a real, like, change to the rhythm kind of vibe to it. I was listening to it and I listened to it a few times. And the first time, because I've obviously, like, heard it with all of her promo that she's had on Instagram and everything with all the videos that she's been putting up in her story the past like two weeks or whatever. 
And when I listened to all of it, I was kind of like, wait, this sounds really familiar. And I have to say, there's like this very kind of similar undertone as into the rhythm and also just to the beat and the music and everything that's, I think, features in Change the Rhythm. So not saying that obviously Miley, you know, copied or did anything. Maybe she could have subconsciously taken a bit of inspiration from the song because I don't know, I'll listen to it again later and tell me if I'm right. I just felt like there was a thing there. Yeah, I I haven't picked up on that, but now that you've said it, if it's there, I will, because Change the Rhythm is one of my favourite songs of that year. You know, it was pretty much the only saving grace for Katy Perry's entire Witness album era. So I have a lot of love, that, love for that song. So maybe that's why I like Mother's Daughter so much. I don't know. I will listen to it and let you know. But um, I think we do fall in a very similar place. I think we're both really happy with this. I think it's really well made. It's well produced. It's it's very short. It's like 20 minutes long, but sometimes that's better. You can really like get into it as opposed to an album that might be 15, 16 tracks long. That's a bit more of a chore. This isn't, it's not a chore. This is a pleasurable listen. Yeah, it really is. Exactly. Because there's just, there's a couple of different notes that she's hit on there from like her previous albums and her previous singles and stuff like that. I completely agree with you when it comes to um, Kaddish. That is a very RuPaul inspired song. Now, in fairness, it's not like, I didn't want to skip it. So that's always promising. But to be honest, it's something that you'd kind of listen to I don't know if you needed to like create your workout playlist and you needed something with like good tempo, good rhythm. That's a song to listen to, but it's it's in no way revolutionary and it's in no way going to be winning a Grammy or anything like this. And then I did love Dream. I thought Dream was gorgeous. However, and Al, you're going to have to tell me what the name of the rapper was that featured on it because I can't remember. Ghostface Killer. And Thank you. Yeah, you're right. I know I, exactly what you're going to say, but I feel like everyone has the same reaction to that song. It's just because it was a lovely song and I thought that the lyrics were great and I really enjoyed the music. But it's just, as soon as he comes in, it just, the tone changes so fast. And then literally just cuts off with like, like a millisecond before this song ends. Like it was just very abrupt and I didn't expect it. But... I really enjoyed her part of Dream and I'm sure if his was integrated a bit better I probably would have enjoyed the whole song but it just went from zero to 60 like so fast. Yeah and then it's immediately followed up with RuPaul talking as well and it's it's a lot it's very well I think it's probably by design that it's unnerving and that's but I'm also happy that Ghostface is kind of not present in the song up until the last like minute so I guess I'll take that as a positive. Yeah. And then the only other song that I actually did want to skip when I was listening to it, but I was like, no, I have to listen to the whole thing, give the benefit of the doubt. Party Up the Street for me was not, it didn't fit. I wasn't mad keen on it. I just, I was just kind of very boring. See, I quite enjoyed it, but I know what you mean that it didn't, I understand what you're saying, but it didn't fit, which is a weird thing. If she is planning on releasing these three EPs, you have to question whether that song would fit better on another one of these EPs, but she clearly went with it to be on this one. I think maybe there might be some kind of streaming, like streaming strategy going on there that Sway Lee gets a lot of streams. He gets a lot of footfall on his Spotify and Apple music pages. So just by having him on the song, you're probably upping the interest and maybe that's why it's included here. I think overall it's been really a successful release and I'm just excited to see what the next one is. Yes, so am I. And I'm glad that she's back to making music and everything like that. Um, However, while we're on the Miley thread, actually, need to bring up when she was in Barcelona, Primavera, and getting 
assaulted by that man while she was leaving her hotel. Did you see the video for this? I no, I've not. I haven't even heard of this. Oh my god! So this only happened a couple of days ago. She was playing in Primavera for those who don't know, and that was at the weekend. And herself and Liam Hemsworth, her husband, they were leaving the hotel. So obviously there was loads of people outside, and this man, I'd say, he he was older than her anyway. He grabbed her by the hair, pulled her towards him, looped his arm around her neck to kiss her on the face and it was so aggressive and like she shoved him off and everything and like and but he managed to get through her security to do this i was shook by just watching the video especially when you see it in slow motion because it was just so aggressive like he yanked at her hair and he like pulled her into him it was just no it was it was really vile and I felt so bad for her that it happened. Jesus Christ, Liam Hemsworth didn't even know it had happened because he was walking ahead of her. It was this whole thing. Oh God, that's actually the first I've heard that. It sounds like, look, what can I say other than men, like we are trash. Like we have, you know, no, you are definitely the fairer sex. I didn't want to say it because obviously I have men in my life who aren't trash, but I'm not even going to lie to you. I literally had a conversation with friends about how men are trash. And well, this man is. And so... Last night, I think it was, on her Instagram story, Miley put up like a slow motion of watching this so that people could see what happened. And she put up people's comments on like a YouTube, the YouTube video that went viral about saying how she deserved it. And oh, how God. she over-sexualizes herself. What can she expect with the music that she releases? What can she expect with the stuff that she advocates for? What can she expect? Oof. And then there was this like American talk show panel was made up of women. And people and the women were saying that, like, look, no matter how many wrecking balls she's swinging in on, no matter what skimpy outfit she wears, no one deserves to have themselves assaulted while walking along with her husband. Because that's the thing. And like, I didn't mean to completely switch the, the head and what we were talking about with Miley there, but we're, we, we like to delve into politics a little bit here on, on, on the podcast. And the fact that people could ever claim that a human being, regardless as to gender, would ever deserve to be assaulted because of the way that they dress or because of the music videos they've done or because of any award shows they performed at like regardless as to how a person portrays himself no one deserves to be attacked in the street and and to be sexually assaulted like that oh it drives me insane that people can make those type of comments so she basically put that up on her story with those comments and then she followed it up with the the 30 second clip of like the panel show from America where these women were saying that she didn't deserve it. And she had this then with, I'm pretty sure it was mother's daughter was backing the whole, the whole thing quietly. So you could hear it, but basically just saying how like she doesn't deserve this. And I'm just kind of like, well, yeah, of course you don't deserve this. Oh, so that, that stuff just bothers me. And just the fact that it happened to her, I feel so uncomfortable for her. It's just such a shame. Yeah. And the sooner that we kind of allow like that whole uh, that she deserves it for the kind of clothes she wears. I'm like, guys, like, uh, I think for the most part, that type of opinion is sort of definitely fallen out of popularity and it's definitely, I think, been torn out and fucking, you know, dissect, like, you know, and it, like that is not an acceptable opinion for you to have. A woman's short skirt does not give you the right to go up and, you know, grab her. That's not how this world is going to work. And it's just, like, not okay. So the sooner we move away from that entirely, the better. I think, you know, someone like Miley Cyrus, I think maybe sometimes a little bit guilty of living in her own little world. She lives 
in California. She, you know, she's obviously rich. She's sheltered. She lives her best life. And something like that is probably a reminder to all of us and to her that not everyone is as liberal and as nice as such a lame word to use, but as decent as we would like them to be. And Donald Trump, just to bring him back in, there are people like him who exist. I mean, like, what, like, you know, someone like him was like elected to the presidency of the United States. So why are we shocked that there are people all around the world who share slim, similar misogynistic and problematic views? We shouldn't be, but we just, you know, again, I think it's good that we talk about it and we call it out for what it is, which is frankly bullshit. There you go. That's it exactly. Because like with someone in power who kind of perpetrates all these type of things that we hate and that you and I always criticize, like it's so frustrating. But I'm glad that's someone who is on such a huge platform like Miley. Like, sorry, I'm not in any way glad that this happened to her, but I'm so happy that she's addressing that it happened. And she, I really hope that people, guys, like just go Google this afterwards when you hear this, but like, just look for what she was putting up in her story because she was, she was putting up these videos and just having captions around them. And she was saying, she doesn't deserve it for the clothes she wears. She doesn't deserve it for the religion she has. She doesn't deserve it for her political beliefs. She doesn't deserve it for walking along with her husband. Like she was saying all these things. She's like, you never deserve to have this happen to you. And I'm like, that's it exactly. Like you have to stop making excuses as to why something like this is justifiable because it never is. So we've ticked all our boxes for this week on our agenda. We've hit all our major topics, but I think we want to take a little trip into recommendation corner and you know just recommend you guys some like top-notch pop culture i think is the vibe always the vibe al so for me this week guys oh i have to so i think i don't know if it's become clear but like i'm mad into binge watching tv shows like i go through them like a hot potato so like for instance i was saying before that i watched like the bodyguard in a whole day hope you guys caught up on that and that you watched it it's amazing so I'm back onto my TV show recommendation buzz and Shit's Creek is one of the best shows I've seen in years. It is hilarious. Eugene Levy, um, you know, like the iconic Eugene Levy and his son, Daniel Levy, they, they created the show themselves. They're the executive producers. They play the dad and the son on the show. It follows a family of four who were incredibly rich and by due to them having like a financial manager who just fetched them over, they lose everything and they get put into this tiny little town called Shits Creek where they have to live in a motel because the dad years and years ago bought the town as a joke. So thankfully, because the government didn't think that it had any financial value, they were allowed to keep it and so they're living in Shits Creek and just everything ensues and it's so good. Alex, I know you've watched it, so just tell me why the people need to watch it. Yes, I've watched it and it is probably one of my favourite shows. I'm not going to say ever, but it's definitely one of my favourite shows of as of now. I think it's very watchable. It's a bit like my happy place. If I'm feeling a bit weird or a bit anxious or something, I'll put it on and it just makes me kind of... It just calms me a little bit. I will admit the first season I really did not like and I had conversations with friends that had watched Shit's Creek prior to me watching it about like, how do you... Like, this isn't funny. It's not this. It's not that. But I think it's one of those shows that really grows with with you so when you make the decision to actually okay i'm gonna in the show and i'm gonna keep watching it it just gets better and better and by season like halfway through season two i was fully on board but i will admit 
season one was a bit of a struggle for me. I was like, this isn't funny. I did, I wasn't getting that because it is a bit off the cuff. It's slightly like alternative humor. It's not like super. There's no laughing track or anything. So it's very much you kind of have to be watching and kind of pick out the jokes yourself. But I think by season two, at least by like, I think it was episode three, season two. I was like, oh my god, this is so funny. And I remember like I was literally screaming laughing. It's so funny. And now that's not to say that every laugh you get in the show is like that because it's not like that. I think if anyone is going to get into it, it's not like sometimes you'll just kind of be like, hmm, <laughs> and that can be it, but it's enough. They happen often enough and they're smart enough jokes that it's an enjoyable watch. But then there are times when, you know, you are literally wailing with the laughter. It's so good. It's just so good. The acting is amazing. I feel like I can't discuss Shit's Creek without mentioning Catherine O'Hara who plays Moira who's the mom and she has this affected voice and all these words she says differently and how she acts in her face and she has these wigs that she like nails to the wall and they all have names and everything about that character is incredible how she hasn't been nominated formally by any kind of major American uh, it's actually important to say that this is a Canadian TV show but she has never been nominated for an Emmy or anything like that is beyond me because the acting and just everything about that car, it's just, it's, it's worth the watch for her alone. I think. I think for me, like, okay. So yes, Catherine O'Hara honestly makes it her acting in this is stellar. And I think you've hit the nail on the head, Al, in terms of addressing the humor in it. It's not this kind of like laugh out loud the gags are all there like huge oh it's it's more to be honest for i find it so funny because it's just a really good portrayal of a dysfunctional family but not in like a modern family aspect it's more just kind of like how you see parents and kids and siblings just address each other day to day and like i don't know i could see like a lot of like my family interactions in it too daniel levy i have never seen him in anything before i remember watching the very first episode I was like 10 minutes in and all I could think was, oh my God, they got the casting amazing. Like they have the, Eugene Levy and whoever plays his son have the exact same eyebrows. <laughs> I didn't even realize that they were actually related. I, from, so Catherine O'Hara, who plays Moira, is absolutely hilarious. But I have to say, I actually think that Daniel Levy's character, David, is my favorite just because I find him so relatable. And his quips are hilarious, but his facial acting in this is iconic. The facial expressions he pulls are just, they speak so much more than any any words in the show. I love it so much. And I think the character progression is brilliant. And I just think the character arcs are great. So it's it's so, so good. But yeah, I completely forgot about the Moira's wigs having different names and being put up on the wall on with nails. Oh, it's just, it's so good. It, it really is very funny and what I like as well is that they kind of address things in a very approachable way they're like talking about like sexuality and they're talking about like financial issues and they're talking they're kind of like yeah they, they it's not as if like it's revolutionary or anything but they, they they discuss things in a very approachable way which I like yeah it's an utter joy and if you haven't watched it please do but I will put it out there again that at least for me the first season was a bit of a slog, but it's so rewarding once you get through that first season and it's it's worth it. There you go. So Al, what would be your recommendation this week? Okay, so I'm going to recommend someone who we discussed offhand before in this podcast. I'm recommending Katy Perry's new song and I'm recommending it to every single person with ears because it's frankly, whew, it is, it, I haven't been wrapped up in a song 
as much as I've been wrapped up in this song for a while. So it's called Never Really Over. It's produced by Zed. It's 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 everything I've ever wanted Katy Perry to do since. Okay, so for me and Katy Perry, we've been kind of, you know, we've had a similar trajectory with our, like she came out just as I was sort of getting, becoming more myself and becoming more free in what I thought I was able to like, if that makes any sense. So before... I told a story during the week, actually, before Teenage Dream, I used to pretend, not even pretend, but I used to force myself to like what was deemed more like appropriate music for me to like. So I would be like, oh, yeah, Arctic Monkeys is really good. Or like, oh, yeah, like I love Kings of Leon or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Because I just felt like I had to do that. And then she comes out with Teenage Dream. And frankly, I have never been more in love with an album, an era, a time than I was with that maybe two year discourse so that was released in 2011 and I remember that came at a time for me at least when I just was like why am I pretending to like these things that I don't like when this thing that I love is giving me so much joy and that was when I really the switch flipped for me I think where I stopped with that whole like toxic masculinity thing I was just I started to be me a lot more so she has a very very big place in my heart for that reason and whether that was intentional or not it's just how I've logified it which is a word I'm trying I don't think logify is a word but I feel like I want to make it a thing let's make it work yeah to me she really has a super super sentimental space in my soul so she released this song on Friday it was kind of a surprise release I think she announced it on Wednesday that she was going to release it on Friday which is a very short turnaround for Katy Perry she usually has a big build up to a lead single she like has a lot of like label clout I would say so like if she says she wants a big disco ball that plays her new song, which is what she did with Change the Rhythm, the label is doing that. Or if she wants a big fuck off gold metallic truck to drive through LA like they did with Roar, the label are going to pay for that because she just has so much power behind her name. So to just drop this single out of nowhere is a really low key but super satisfying way to do something like that. It's kind of like a Beyonce, you just kind of Beyonce an album or whatever. So it comes out on Friday and it's just it's amazing and I love it and I want everyone to listen to it and I want everyone to listen to it without this like oh it's Katy Perry because I feel like sometimes Katy Perry and by sometimes her own fault can get thrown into this kind of cheesy pop fest thing where if you don't like pop music you just don't listen to it because it's Katy Perry and it's going to be this or that and but no this song is not that and it's a great song and I think we're going to look back at this song in like five years time and think oh my god this was pivotal in her career because her career has kind of gone off the tracks recently you know, Witness wasn't a particularly well-received album. The singles didn't do as well as they had been doing. So, you know, I think her star had started to wane a little bit and it will naturally wane. But I think with a song like this, I think marks a slight progression for her both sonically, but also just, I feel like, just in her, as her as a pop artist to just throw something out there, I think it's showing that she's not obsessing over the charts or where ends up or anything like that she's not here for that anymore she's just releasing music that she wants and low-key that's when we get the best music when people aren't as concerned with chart positioning and you know spotify numbers that's when we get music that i can really vibe with and i just think it's gorgeous the core i I'm talking about the song all day the chorus is amazing the outro is amazing the video is incredible everything about the song is amazing and i feel like listen to it listen to it three times and if you're not in love with it then you're probably deaf or something because it's just undeniable I really do have to listen to it. I've seen promo for it because I saw shots from um, the video put on Zed's and her Instagram and everything like that. So I haven't listened yet. But no, with that kind of review, I'm looking forward to hearing it now. And for anyone who's doubting, not that you could ever possibly doubt Alex's love for Katy Perry after that testament there. But one of my favorite memories is 
Alex and I know each other because we used to work together. And in the store that we used to work together, we were working retail together. Um, there was like this gap in the center that escalators would run through. And Alex worked on the floor above me. And you could just hear him going around the floor. And this was, uh, I can't even remember how many years ago, but you could just hear him going, it was the perfect illusion. <laughs> All the time. Like 24 hours a day. And no other part of the song would be sung. Just that one line. So for Alex's benefit alone, people, please listen to Katy Perry. Laura. They need to know, Alex. They need <laughs> Laura, to know. Laura, 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 Laura. That's Lady Gaga. That's a totally different woman, Laura. But no, yes, Lady Christmas song he used to sing. Oh my God, I used to love. Oh, the Santa. No wait, no, that's Ariana. What was the Christmas song? It was only. The, it was the one that it was never really released. I used to be obsessed with it. Oh my God, what was it called? Yes, it was on the thing. What was it called? Every day is a holiday. There we go. Oh, oh it's when every it's, day is a holiday. And that's everyone else used to hate it, but I would be like this fucking ten out of ten bop. Like it was so good. Oh. I love Katy Perry, but also. If it's like even more importantly than that, if it hasn't been like shown already, I only stand talent. If I'm telling you something <laughs> is good, it's fucking good. I'm not going to tell you to listen to the Katy Perry song if it's trash because I'm not that person. But I'm telling you now, this song is incredible. Listen to it and love it. And that's that's all we have for you this week, guys. That's all we have for this day. <laughs> the Church of Katy Perry. But honestly, it's been a wild ride. We. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Again, subscribe, rate us, leave a review on iTunes. If you listen to on iTunes, on Spotify, add us to your library because that actually helps us when you save things and download things. So yeah, do all those normal things. Tell your friends. And we will, I think me and Laura had a discussion prior to actually going live here that we are going to try to make more of an effort with our social media and indeed the podcast Twitter account just to be more active and more engaging with you guys because I feel like we've maybe let that slide. So yeah, we're okay. We're happy you miss us, I guess, is what we could say there, you know? Exactly. And guys, you know, you can always find us on at ITTO podcast on Twitter. You know that we have personal DMs as well from Instagram and Twitter. So feel free to slide on in. But yeah, we're what you call it. It's summertime. We've got a bit more time now. We're going to be there for you because you guys are there for us. And we are. Let, let's have let's have a chat. Let's just let's get to know each other. But until then. We will see you next Friday or the Friday after. Who knows? It'll depend on news weeks. But <laughs> we'll see you soon, guys. <laughs>